Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Today is called the Year of Overflow, and we are seeing God do the most remarkable things um, amongst us. But I'm not going to say too much about it. As I said, I will tell you about it on Sunday, or you can go and visit our website. But I want to just um, spend a little bit of time this evening looking at Matthew 28. And I love, I love Christmas, but I absolutely adore Easter. Um, I come from an Episcopal background, an Anglican background. So for me, it's very poignant uh, to remember the kind of journey that Jesus went on, that everything he did on this earth culminated over that Easter period. Isn't that beautiful? And uh, this story, Matthew 28, that I'm going to read to you now is after Jesus has gone to the cross and has died on the cross. And can you imagine how his friends felt at that moment? What's gone on here? He's gone. He died. We're expecting him to be the great redeemer here and restorer. What on earth has happened? And so in Matthew 28, I'm going to read some verses from there. Uh, and if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there as well. But it says this in Matthew 28 and verse 1. It says, After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, which was possibly the aunt of Jesus, went to look for him. So can you imagine? They've gone through the Sabbath. And how were they feeling at that moment? Just shock and horror and loss. And all the other emotions. I was speaking to a friend of mine who lives in Scotland, and her, um, which is originally from Ireland, but her mum passed away today. And just that, and we've had each, there are people in this room, we've had people that we've lost, and just that, that kind of where, bewilderment. What is going on? You know, and so here they are, these women, and they go to the tomb. And then verse two opens with, and there was a violent earthquake. I feel the earth move under my feet. You know, and they, they kind of in all this grief, and the one looks at the other and goes, is it just me? Or is the earth moving now? You know, what on earth is going on? For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. And going to the tomb, I love this, rolled back the stone and sat on it and said, nobody's going to touch this stone now. There we are. And so these women walk into this. It's like, are we in a Netflix movie? Is something going on here? Let's put it in our language. You know, what on earth is going down? Did you put something in my coffee, Mary? And his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. And the, I love this. And the gods were so afraid of him. I think I would have been afraid too. And they shook. <laughs> they just thought, best thing, just play dead. 
became like dead men. And I think the women just stood there going, just that's all they did. And verse five, and the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. Oh, thanks so much. (laughs) Don't you worry about a thing. Do not be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus. How amazing is this? I know that you're looking for Jesus who is crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. Beloved, this is not just a little historical fact. This is a reality in everyday life that we live. He's risen just as he said. And I just love this kindness of the angel. It says, come and see the place where, they lay, where he lay. Come and see. You can look. You can have a look in that tomb. That's where he was. You can have a look at that. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Now I have told you. Boom. Thank you, Father, for giving me that amazing privilege. So the woman hurried away from the tomb. Afraid, I would be still, and yet filled with joy. When I read that, afraid, I think they must have also been thinking, gentlemen, just bear with me for a few seconds here. They were thinking, how the heck are we going to convince these guys to do a trip to Galilee? (laughs) And you know what? I don't think it was just the men. I think anybody would have thought like that. You know, you have gone, this is trauma. You'll get over it. Don't worry about it. We'll soon pass. All right? Let's, let's be honest on this. And so the women hurried away, afraid yet filled with joy. Filled with joy. And ran to tell his disciples. And I just love this. It's the risen Jesus just suddenly goes, suddenly I can't stay away from this exciting little adventure that these women are on. He says, suddenly Jesus met them. It's like, yes, I'm here. Greetings. (laughs) He said to him, howdy. Can you imagine? It's Old Testament, sort of old language. Greetings. He's just going, hi, hello. He said, who do you? And they came to him and they clasped his feet and worshiped him. He's not in that tomb. The angel told us the earth's moved. He's here. He's here with us. And then Jesus said to them, I love this, again, do not be afraid and go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. I always find it fascinating over here and I know this may sound like I'm having a go here again. I'm really not, but it's 
women that were the first that had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that the kindness of God in all of that? Gentlemen, I'm not saying that you're not special. You know you are. All right? And I mean that. I mean that with honoring of, of men here. And then verse 16, and it says, And then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So obviously they listened to these two women. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Mm. But some doubted. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you. Let's say that again. Surely I'm with you. Always. Always. I've got to say it like you. To the very end of the age. That includes us. I am with you always. Beloved, as I have the privilege of going to many nations, as I have the privilege of speaking to many groups of people, both in churches and in business and in politics and many, many areas, we are living in extremely shaky days. Economically, politically, morally, shaky, shaky days. And the things that are pressing in on us, one little bit at a time. But the question that I feel that God is speaking to me about, and I do believe he wants to say it to you here at Coastal as well, is how am I posturing myself at this time? How am I posturing myself at this time? Am I posturing myself in smallness and self-preservation, or am I posturing myself in the greatness of His kingdom? Am I aligning myself with heaven's purposes or am I aligning myself with Fox News? Not having a go at Fox News or CNN or whatever other ones there are, BBC. (laughs) Am I aligning myself, am I posturing myself for such a time as this? For such a time as this. And it's time, beloved, for us to posture our hearts in truth more than ever before. Yes, we face the facts of what is going on. And in the UK at the moment, it's very tenuous. And we have many, many Ukrainian people coming in to our nation. And when they're right there, when they're living with your friends, And some of my friends have taken Ukrainian families in. In fact, one of the board members of New Day has a couple staying with him. They've been with him for one year. And it's devastating because their home has been absolutely ravaged. So they're facts that have got to be faced. But we learn how to abide and be anchored 
in the truth. And I love the way that Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the facts. No, he doesn't. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And if we are posturing ourselves just on information instead of revelation, we place ourselves in a very, very dangerous, precarious place. And beloved, this is the time that God wants to begin to bring heaven on earth. Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me. I love that song. Don't you get shy on me? There's a lion in our lungs. But what is the anthem that's coming out of our mouths and coming out of our lives? And more than ever before, we are needing focus. I heard somebody say a few weeks ago, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. They said, the world doesn't need people saying, well, I need a balanced life. What we need is a focused life. More than a balanced life. And that's going to be uh, us taking our souls and reorientating ourselves to look again. Look and look again. And to realign ourselves with the truth of who Jesus is in our everyday life, in every moment of our lives, in the nitty gritty and the cold face of our lives. And so this story that we, fa- we find here in Matthew 28, which I love, for me is so pertinent because I see the first thing that comes out as the angel meets the women and as Jesus meets the women is saying this, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And beloved, fear paralyzes us. And Rod and Val knew me when I, I spent some time in a wheelchair because of an accident. And I tell you something, there is a paralysis that the enemy wants to bring on our minds and on our hearts, just that we live by fear. And there is such a level of fear in the world that we're living in. Do not be afraid. And I I believe not only is God saying, do not be afraid, but he's saying to us, be anxious for nothing, but with all prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so there is, and I'm not trying to kind of, you know, give you a bit of a pep rally here. I believe God wants to remind us of this, that we become strengthened and focused on who He is and what He is doing. And then the second thing that comes is that word, go, go. And my goodness, that is what God is anointing you and me to do. I'm the other side, the beautiful side. No, the interesting side of 60. (laughs) And I'm loving it. And there is something inside of me that goes, God, every day is a gift from you to make a difference in the world where you have placed me. And I love it. I'm I'm so enjoying being able to get around young people And just encourage them, come on. You can do this. You can go for it. You can be there. Don't become just a sitter. 
Stand up. It's time to go. And if you've heard me speak before, you would have heard me say, every decision I make determines the direction I walk in and the destiny that I reach. Every decision I make determines the direction and we are going in the direction of the king and the kingdom. And our destiny is to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Not my ideas, not my plans, not my schemes, his kingdom released. And beloved, it's through you and it's through me that this is going to happen. And I just love that. I love that Jesus meets these beautiful women and they worship before him. They engage in relationship with him. When people say to me, what is the definition of worship? Say it's a relationship of heart. Their hearts begin to beat, even though they're a little bit afraid in all this, they have joy in their hearts. And I love in Colossians it says, Paul says this, who has stolen your joy? And we have so much to be joyful for, even in the midst of the world that's going on around us. Why? Because we've got a kingdom set of lenses. Though yet, is constantly in our hearts and our minds. I'm going off piece here. Could be, could be a little bit of jet lag, but I'll keep going. And so they go and they tell these guys, and there is a journey that these men then have to go on. There is a road of obedience that God wants us to begin to engage with. They were all just sitting and they have to take this journey to Galilee. They had to do it. And if they didn't do it, they would have missed out. And here's the incredible thing is that when I am on that journey of faith with God and taking ground for God, I can know he's gone ahead. He's already there. He's with me now, but he's already there. And he meets them on a mountain. They go to the mountain. I love that. And there is something about mountain perspective that God wants to give us. I love it that he's constantly saying, come up here. And I think there is something about us becoming refreshed and alive in him and coming up to a different perspective of knowing his nature and his character more than ever, ever before. Come up here. I don't know who it was that said, don't become a turkey. Learn how to fly with the eagles. You know, learn how to see from that perspective. And that's what God wants for each one of us to have an encounter on the mountain. There's so many examples in the word of encounters on the mountain, profound encounters, significant encounters on the mountain. And way back in Genesis 22, is a story of where it says, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And I've seen in my own life how God has supernaturally provided on the mountain. When I've wanted to go into that valley of despair, he said, get up and go to the mountain. Find me there. And beloveds, I'm not gonna go into all the details. Many of you have known me over the years. A few years ago, we had a, a group of guys that came into our center in South Africa and held up our whole team at gunpoint. 
And I know I'd, when I go out to South Africa, even when I was out now, you know, these guys who have got guns and, you know, doing their stuff. And it's, it's true. I see the gang members and they know who I am. <laughs> so the one guy always, <laughs> I think that's enough. Just don't pull the gun. Don't pull the gun. But come up here on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. But there are two reactions that go on on that mountain. The one is the guy's worship. There's a relationship of heart. But the other, other bit of that verse, if we have a look at it again, it says, but some doubted. And the Greek word there is the word distazo. Some distanced themselves. And we have to watch in this season and time that we do not become spectators. I'll just watch. I'll distance myself. I'm not going to get involved. I'll just distance myself. There is that positioning on the mountain and the posturing of our lives in worship that God is calling you and I to begin to engage with, that we do not draw away, do not draw away as some would. And Jesus meets them and he says to them, all authority, I love that, all authority has been given to me. And that word authority there, I don't know a lot of Greek, but I do know a little bit. And I know the Greek who's got the shop down the road. All authority, all exousia, all force, all capacity, all influence, all mastery, all strength, all of that in heaven and on earth. I mean, that is dynamic stuff. All authority. I find it so amusing how certain political leaders will think they've got authority. And I just think God can just go like this. And they're off the planet of the earth. Because all authority is his. Has been given to me, has been delegated to me. But beloved, you know what? That authority lives in us. Isn't that amazing? All authority. And that is not dominance. That is not trying to rule. That is not trying to be better than anybody else. All authority has been given to me. And therefore, because all that authority has been given to me, go, there's that word again, and make disciples of all nations. Conversion is easy. Discipleship takes hard work but it's well worth it. It's well worth it. And go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are so in need of engaging with the fullness of the Trinity. And finding ourselves again in the middle of that amazing dance of the Trinity. That we know without a shadow of a doubt, the Father's lavish 
protection and grace over us. He is passionate father, for us, uh, father towards us. That we know that saving, kind friendship of the King of Kings. And that we engage with Holy Spirit. I am having so much fun over the last little while just engaging with Holy Spirit and seeing what amazing opportunities he's giving to me of being able to see him at work. And I tell you, I, was, I looked across at Jenna now and I, I, there's some young kids who in our church in Manchester and I happened to be walking out and I started engaging with them about school, you know, and I said, how's it going? All right. <laughs> I'm sure they don't do that here, but in Manchester they're, all right. You enjoying it? No, not really. I said, do you like Jesus? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Says this one little boy. I said, do you like football? Yeah, 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 I really like football, soccer. What do you call soccer? I said, do you like Jesus more than soccer? And he kind of looked at me a little bit, but he said, on days. <laughs> <laughs> Hysterical, but I got chatting with these kids and we were talking about, you know, the fire of, of the spirit within them. And they said, no, but that's only for grown-ups. And I thought, my goodness, where did they learn that? And so I said, sweethearts, I would love to pray for you. Is that okay? And so we stood there, you know, me and all these little kids who were taller than me. And we just, I just prayed for them. And I prayed for their week and I prayed for their influence and I prayed for grace on them. I prayed for miracle moments for them. And it was the most incredible thing because the following Sunday, we've got two services like you do. Following Sunday, I, ra I came in, you know, to the second service because I'd slept in. I came in to the second service and one of these two boys, there she is, there she is. So I thought, hi guys, I'm down with the kids. <laughs> and they came up to me and they said, you'll never believe what happened. And it was the most amazing thing because they suddenly had moments. They were, you know, they were engaging with their friends and the one guy who's crazy about football, soccer. What do you call, what do you call it here, soccer? Crazy about it. And they were playing in a game and they were all afraid and I'd prayed that God would give him strength. And he said, said to his soccer team, as a captain, can I pray for you all? I don't know why I'm talking like that, but he doesn't talk like that. Can I, can I pray for you all? And they went, well, you know, you can't pray to win games. And he said, no, let's just pray that God would help us and give us strength and strategy. And God gave them strength and strategy. And he saw it in the most simple, and I just thought, he will not forget that. He will not. Go and make disciples. And I just thought, actually, I want to invest in those kids. I want to invest in the people. And so the question to us, each one of us, who are the people of influence around us that we're touching? And I use that. We're not the people of influence. They are. And my influence is to be able to encourage and exhort and strengthen and call up 
And beloved, we've got to watch that we don't get so busy with our own agendas that we miss the mandate and the calling where the Lord is saying to us, all authority has been given to me. Now, therefore, go. You go with my authority. You go as my co-laborers. You go as my compadres. And let's do this together. And I wonder sometimes where we get so discouraged is because we're trying to do it all for God instead of doing it with Him. I know because I've been so guilty of that in my own life. and got so burnt out and so discouraged, and so disillusioned. Beloved, it's time for us. Matthew 28 is not just for those early disciples, it's for us today. And for us not to lose hope because the kingdom is breaking out in so many ways and it needs us to change our thinking, it needs us to change our speaking and it needs us to change our behavior. And the kingdom of God is not just contained to the walls of, of coastal. And I know Rod and Val don't have that kind of mindset. But it's making a difference here in, in Flagler and in Palm Coast or wherever you live, in Florida. And reaching out to those that you know in other parts of this beautiful nation. It's our time. And in the UK, it's our time as kingdom carriers that we become those influences that God has raised us up to be when Christ was raised from the dead. And for many of us, we've got to get out of those grave clothes. And he's saying to you and he's saying to me, come out, just as he did to Lazarus. And we have this incredible mandate of going with him and for him. With a spirit of love. Oh my goodness. Teaching them to obey. And so often we make it about the law instead of the love. And I'm not saying we compromise, but I wonder sometimes whether we miss the fullness of what Jesus wants to do because we're holding on to the law so tightly. And we get so afraid to engage with people who may be totally different from us. And I'm learning that I don't have to agree with them, but I can love them. And perfect love does something, it breaks through and transforms and changes. That we become those royal holy priests that know what it is to be bridge builders. Pontifex is the Latin word. That we carry his presence. Let's pray together. Lord, this is such a simple message, and yet it's so profound. And that last little phrase that Jesus says, the close of Matthew 28, and surely I am with you always. I'm with you always. 
And circumstances and situations and our feelings sometimes make us feel God's not with me. Beloved, he is true to his word. He's never going to deny his word. He's never going to deny what he has paid the highest price for. I am with you always. I am the resurrection and I am the life. And so, Lord, we just thank you right now that you reposition us. And I think those five little things that are put down there, God wants us to re-engage with. But he's saying, don't be afraid. Even when the enemy and the circumstances are right in our, do not be afraid. And perfect love, beloved, casts out fear. Perfect love. Do not be afraid. And then he says, go. And I think some of us have got so afraid of moving that we're just kind of sitting just paralyzed. We've lost the sense of adventure. <laughs> We've lost the sense of taking steps with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we're just existing. And beloved, we haven't been redeemed to just exist. That's not what Jesus paid the price for. Maybe there's some of us that have got to engage with that mountain reaction. Maybe it's time to move from being a distazo, keeping our distance. And it's got nothing to do with whether we like a song or not. It's got everything to do with where we position our heart. And maybe... Maybe because of all the worries and the stresses and the pressures of this world, we've engaged with the distazo. I'll love you and I'll serve you and I'll worship you tomorrow. And today is the day. Today is the day. And then maybe there's some of us that need to engage with all authority in heaven and on earth. Isn't that amazing? It's been given to me. And to position ourselves before the one who holds all authority, that we can confidently say, as Jesus did, I am about my Father's business. I have everything I need, all the authority I need to be about my Father's business, all authority. Or maybe you engage with the last one where it says, I'm with you always. And you look at others and you kind of go, yeah, you're with them, but are you with me? And that orphan spirit, beloved, it drives the wedge. And the Lord is saying, come home.
come back, come back. I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm in you, always. Today, at 8.05, I'm with you. And so we're just, we're just gonna wait for a few seconds, is that okay? I know it's time to stop, but I just, um, just have a look at those five little phrases that I put up there. And if there's one of those areas that you think, yeah, that's me, that needs to be realigned, that needs to be reorientated in my life, recalibrated. I'm going to ask that you be brave enough to, you can either stand or you can kneel or you can find another place. There are lots of little spaces here. And let's just take a few minutes and allow that miracle moment that I spoke about way at the beginning of my time to engage our hearts that when we walk out of here, we'll be like those guys on the road to Emmaus. They will go, ah, oh. beyond what that funny South African woman was doing. My heart is burning again. I'm alive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. going to encourage you to change your position physically almost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm.
has he gone this lord of mine I thought he'd stay and so I run to that tomb my heart cannot delay Commissioned by your goodness 
feel the Lord would say to some folk here that that fear that's been keeping you awake at night, the Lord says, it's, it's coming to an end. It's enough now. That he's placing within you a great confidence of knowing who he is and whose you are. That his deep peace, as he, as the Lord of peace, will guard you. Do not be afraid. And it's not just a suggestion. It's a command that he's speaking to your spirit. Not the fragility of your body or your mind, but to your spirit. Be strong and courageous. And I feel also that the Lord is saying for those who are feeling a little bit anxious about that whole word go, that God's been speaking to you about going and taking territory. He says, every place your foot treads, I will give it to you. There is an adventure I want to take you on with me. That will so fill you with delight and meaning and hope and life. And where you've been living in the, in the valley of despair, the Lord says, come, I'm meeting you on the mountain. I'm giving you my perspective. I'm giving you fresh revelation. And I'm giving you, I'm giving you back the authority that I paid the price for. All authority is at work in you because I am in you. Christ in you is that hope of glory. And I'm with you. I'm not playing hide and seek with you. I'm not hiding myself from you. But this is a season where you will see me face to face. You will know fresh revelation and fresh inspiration and fresh grace and fresh glory. My glory, my goodness at work in you. And so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much that what you did with those disciples all those many years ago, you are imparting that again afresh to us. I thank you that your mercies are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your word that will become a light to us. I thank you, Lord, that people are waking up to understanding your word and the fullness of the revelation. Not just the written word, but the word on our hearts, Lord. And so the Lord bless you and keep you as you sleep tonight. May he make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and may you abide in his shalom because he is the God of miracles and nothing is too hard for him.
Amen. Thanks, Lenny.